Hi everybody, this is Michael Hildebrand and I'm your host on the Sleep Trust Podcast, where I'm talking about how to gain back trust in your ability to have a superb sleep again. In this week's episode of the Sleep Trust Podcast, we are going to close our five-part best of series. And the topic that we're going to listen to doing so is how to use our willpower for better sleep. I'm sure you're going to enjoy this week's recording. I'm super excited because I'm going to start to walk you through all of the nine steps that I use for each and every of my clients in all coachings to walk my clients from often bad sleep, low energy levels, to get them back to those high energy levels and superb sleep. So after this week's podcast, you will feel empowered to do the necessary changes that you know that you have to take using your willpower. So if you feel stuck at the moment, if you um, feel weakish because you fall over the cliff when you plan to change things and maybe feel a little bit guilty even, then after this week's episode, you'll understand and feel that you have the power to change things and you will know how to use willpower with ease. I'm going to start off by giving you a picture. So essentially, when we're living our lives without any bigger changes, then we're living in our comfort zone. I'm sure we all heard that phrase. And the comfort zone means that we're essentially running on autopilot. So we're doing things that we used to do. We're doing things that are good or bad for us. It doesn't really matter. It's basically up to our programming or we could say our nature, our behavior, our habits in the end. So every time we recognize that we should do something to improve our lives, so let's say you identified the one thing that you want to do to improve your sleep or your energy levels or your relationship, it doesn't really matter, and you have to take change, then we have to move out of our comfort zone. And this costs energy, right? Our better future is kind of a bigger circle around our smaller circle, the comfort zone. And as soon as we want to change and expand our comfort zone, there's a barrier. And this barrier, I'll just call it pain, okay? And this is the same for all of us. As soon as we want to change something for the better, in the long haul, there's a short-term pain that arises and that can keep us from doing this because our brains, our bodies, want to prevent us from experiencing pain. That makes sense, right? and will pull us back into the comfort zone. At least that's one option. And there are a couple of things that we can do to break through that barrier into our better future. And first off, before I get started with all the, you know, the stuff you want to know, need to know, and the techniques that you should use and the mindset that you should have when it comes to change, I just want to set up one thought. And that is, We are all spiritual beings, right? And for me, this may be different for you, uh, but for me, this means, and it doesn't matter if you're religious, if you're uh, not, uh, whatever you believe in, it doesn't really matter. But for me, this means we are human beings and we have the capability to take a conscious decision and to change our lives to the better. And that is a tremendous gift And that's a thought I just would love you to take in, 
Maybe think about that for a moment. We have the power. I hope you all agree with me here. We have the power to think about a better future. And what you can see in your mind, you can hold in your hand. That's a saying, right? So if you can see a better future, then there's something out there that tells you that you can and deserve to experience that. And we've got the power to do so. So that is a creative act and we as humans can do so. So now let's dig into the problems of the pain barrier. That's a different story, right? First, we, we acknowledge that we can change and now we want to see how can we do that without experiencing too much pain, to say it very clearly. Uh, I know uh, other people use different uh, words for this. I'm just going to say it straight out. It's pain. We don't want to do it. It's painful. We want to live in uh, a com our comfy uh, environment. I want to do what we're used to do. So kind of to give you a metaphor for this, if we just uh, use our willpower without thinking about how to run through, walk through that pain, for many of us, and not for all of us. There are people out there that are natural good, naturally good and using their willpower. But for many of us, this means that we just run against walls because we're not using the right techniques. We're not in the right state. We're not doing the right stuff quite frequently. And that is kind of to give you that picture like running against a wall. The good news is that there are tools out there and I'm going to walk you through these that you can use to take away the pain, or at least a lot of that pain. And to know them or to not know them is a big difference. If you don't know these tools and don't know or use them, then you're running against that wall, right? It's painful. You hurt yourself and you're not going to get through that wall in the end. Or you need a tremendous amount of energy to run through the wall and you're going to get hurt. So what we want to do instead is to look for doors because this wall has plenty of doors. It's just taking the time to look for them and to open them. Know the technique, how to open them. Sometimes you need a key. Sometimes you just need to know how to open the door. And there are people out there that are naturally talented, skilled when it comes to using the willpower. They know the tools. Maybe their parents knew the tools and they didn't have to think about it. They just got it baked into their uh, upgrowing. But for most of us, it breaks down to simply learning the way how to use our willpower the right way. So let me walk you through a couple of reasons why we experience weak willpower. And the first reason for this, in my opinion, is a misunderstanding of the concept. We kind of think that we have to push us along the whole way. And in reality, willpower is only something like the engine starter. So when we change and hit the barrier, we need something to get the engine started. And on occasion, when our inner motivation drops a little bit, or when outer circumstances just get hard, then we might need to restart that engine. And that's where we need our willpower. The second thing that we need to understand and take to heart is willpower is kind of similar to self-discipline, right? That's what it breaks down to a little bit too. And Will Smith the actor really has a wonderful YouTube video out there. I think I'm going to share this in the show notes at sleeptrust.eu with you, where he says 
He sees self-discipline, willpower as self-love. And he comes up with a wonderful example where he says, look, at if I want to eat something unhealthy, a pizza, I think it was a pizza, then he says, Will, I can't allow you to eat this pizza right now. I know you want to eat it, but I love you too much to let you experience this pizza. Because I know afterwards you're going to feel crappy, you're going to get fat, whatever. And I think to experience self-discipline, willpower as self-love, and to get that inner chat in our heads, and we all have that, the negative self-talk, the little devil that kind of wants us to eat that pizza, to not do the thing that we know will help us to sleep better, that will promote our energy levels to raise, that will just want to talk us into going back to our comfort zone. And we need to get that self-talk into a very self-loving way to tell us that we love ourselves too much to take us off track from that bigger reward that we want to and sometimes even need to experience. So the next thing that we want to have a look at is the lack of a good strategy. It doesn't matter how much you love yourself, it's just going to be hard if you don't have the right strategy. And what I experience on myself and in chat with clients, and you can also, you know, talk with anybody you know, and compare people who are high achievers and, you know, walk the talk and others, you will experience that people often set unrealistic objections. They pick things that are too big, that they're not really motivated to do, uh, with a time frame that doesn't fit. They give themselves no room for failure. And in the end, and the last part is one that particularly hurt me a couple of times. Uh, 10 years ago, it was really uh, awful. I started to do things and then I wasn't set up for failure. So let's say I walked through a thing that I wanted to create a new habit. And after two weeks, I didn't do it once. That was kind of like a reset for me. It really, really hit me hard. Today, I'm smarter. I set myself up for failure. Let's take the cold shower exercise that I'm doing this year. Um, you might, you know, catch up on that one in the last couple of podcasts somewhere. So what I did was not to say I'm going to do it every single day this year. I said I'm going to do it 200 times this year. And in the end, what happened? So we're nearly half through the year and I did it nearly every single day. I think there are two or three days that I didn't do so. And the two or three days that I didn't do so didn't give me a hit back. No, I'm actually really proud because I'm overperforming. So sometimes it's just good to pull back your, your goal a little bit, to set yourself up for small failures, to not give you the feeling that you're, you've failed as soon as you just don't follow through once or twice or whatever. So there are other things that you might want to consider doing. Practicing yoga or meditation are really good to strengthen our willpower. It gets us focused, sharp, connects us with ourselves, with our bigger goals. Um, another thing that you want to do or think about doing, and this can be very powerful too, is to give yourself little incentives. Remember, we're talking about pain. A bigger reward in the future and near-term pain that's kind of in con conflict with each other. There's a study they did years and years ago with kids. You might be familiar with that. It's the marshmallow test. 
So what they did was essentially to give kids a marshmallow and then they told them, look it, you can eat this marshmallow right now or you can wait a couple of minutes and then you're going to get a second marshmallow as your reward. And then they left the room. And most kids ate the marshmallow right away. There were kids that waited a couple of minutes and got that second marshmallow, which was great. And these kids were, surprise, surprise, and much more successful in their later on lives. But most kids ate that marshmallow. And if you look at the strategies that the others did, uh, they were, um, no, I'm wandering off a little bit here. They basically didn't opt into the self-talk. They thought about other stuff. They started playing with other games and got their mind unhooked from the marshmallow. The other ones had self-talk. They started to negotiate with, with themselves. So never start to negotiate with yourself because in the end, you're always going to lose. And by the way, a good strategy to stop the negotiation is the four, five, four, three, two, one strategy from Mel Robbins. Um, I'm not going to go into this in depth, but if you start to self-negotiate yourself, just, you know, go five, four, three, two, one, stop it and uh, move on and do the thing that you should do. And that seems to be a very powerful strategy. I must say, I personally didn't test this one on myself. I typically test everything that I recommend to you, but I know enough people that did this and, uh, to get out of bed or whatever, it seems to be a very good, good working strategy. But coming back to the pain where we started off and the incentive, we're hitting that pain barrier and it's very hard looking at the marshmallow example for us to follow through. So one strategy is to simply stop negotiating with ourselves, but the other one is to take away the pain through little rewards. So my shower example, I could and would give myself a little reward if I follow through, if this was kind of a hard thing for me to do. Now, the cold shower thing has a little reward for me because I know I don't need the coffee afterwards. I'm wide awake. I feel super energized. That's reward enough. If that short-term reward right after the shower weren't there, I would think about, you know, giving myself something special that I enjoy and say, okay, you did this. Now you're going to get that. And that's a short-time reward that will make it easier for you to experience the pain. The next thing that you want to do is to perform that act of willpower in your mind. So you're going to run through the entire situation and do it successfully. A funny thing about our brain is that it doesn't really differentiate if you perform action in the real world or if you only perform the action in your mind. So that's step number one. You're going to prepare your mind for the new habit, so to say. You're going to see yourself executing that willpower and you can also tap into the feeling if this is realistic for you. If not, better change the habit right away. Change that thing that you're going to exercise your willpower on right away. And once you get started in real life, remember never to negotiate with yourself and to have that positive, self-loving inner talk with yourself about why you're going to do all of this stuff. So as you're not going to experience willpower strength without exercising or solely by listening to this podcast, I want you to pick one practice that one, one example that you will practice your willpower, one little thing that you will change in the next couple of days. Please don't pick anything really big. Pick little things like getting up without hitting the snooze button or getting up at 5 a.m., maybe exchanging or, or changing your breakfast habits 
into a more healthy direction, avoiding caffeine, whatever. You pick one thing that seems achievable for you and that will bring you to that bigger picture of sleeping better and having more energy. One little thing. And then you're going to do the practice and the steps that I walked you through today and experience how good this works. And this will build your self-confidence, your confidence in your ability to use willpower with ease and with success. So now it's up to you to get started. Now you have the tools to find those doors in that wall and to open them. You've got the keys, you've got the tricks, it's up to you to get experienced in finding the doors and opening them and walking through. And uh, as everything in life, and I think this is how I started off the podcast, we are spiritual beings, which also gives us the power to decide what we want to do and what not. So it's up to you to say, yes, I'm going to do that or no, to ignore the wall, uh, to you know try to find the other way, a bulldoze or whatever, to go walk through that wall. Um, that's completely up to you, but I gave you the keys and the techniques to find the doors. So I hope that you benefit from that. And um, a good idea now will go to sleeptrust.eu to um, the show notes, and I will link the Sleep Trust Sleep Map there that you can download for free. And that way you will see what we're going to talk about in the next eight podcasts because I'm going to walk you through each and every of these steps. So no matter where you are stuck right now in regards to low energy levels or a bad broken sleep, you will get there by following the next podcast and understanding which steps you should take and getting the tools to actually be able to perform that with ease. And with that, let's wrap up this week's episode of the Sleep Trust Podcast. If we want to improve our energy levels and sleep, we have to change. And using willpower the right way is the key to unlocking the door for easy, successful change. To do so, we want to understand willpower as the engine starter that gets us going and want to talk with a self-loving voice to ourselves when it comes to falling through. Often a lack of a good strategy is the reason for us failing to execute that willpower successfully. Getting the right objection, time frame, and setting us up for failure are good things to do. If you back that up with yoga and meditation and give yourself incentives, little rewards to follow through on the way, then you're set up perfectly to experience very good exercise and willpower. And that's it for this week's episode of the Sleep Trust Podcast. I hope you enjoyed yourself and that you tune in next week where we're going to start off with fresh podcasts until then, have a superb sleep. Hey there, and thanks for listening to the Sleep Trust Podcast. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. If you want to get further information on this podcast or material that will help you to gain back your sleep trust, please check out sleeptrust.eu. That's sleeptrust.eu, where you will get lots of information around sleep. And here comes some legal stuff. Everything on this podcast is my opinion only, so do not take it as an advice, as I am not a doctor, nor have I considered your personal situation. If you feel that you need medical advice, please consider getting an appointment at your doctor of trust. If you want to give me any kind of feedback on this podcast, feel free to email me at podcast at sleeptrust.eu. 
I hope you tune in again next week, and until then, have a good sleep.